Hi, this is Mark Rabin. Welcome to episode 278 of Lean Blog Audio. This is a post from June 11th, 2019, titled Inside Toyota's Takeoka Number 2 Line, Flexibility and Kaizen. So today's post builds off of an interesting article that I read. The headline reads, Inside Toyota's Takeoka Number 2 Line, The Most Flexible Line in the World. Now, I had a chance to visit the Takeoka Number 1 line in February 2018 as part of my tour with Kaizen Institute. This article makes me wish we'd been able to see uh, Takeoka Number 2, but that sounds like a somewhat rare and special opportunity. I mean, even more special than visiting Toyota is normally. In the blog post, which you can find, and you can find a link to the article, um, you, you can find that at leanblog.org slash audio278. Um, I share a picture that I took uh, from our bus coming into um, the facility. Um, you see the uh, the plant's logo. It's pretty colorful. You also see uh, what's referred to as a safety arch. Uh, it's a big green arch that um, that people walk through. It's, it's symbolic, um, and it's a reminder of the importance, the underlying priority of safety. Um, so in the post and the podcast here, I'm sharing some highlights from the article along with some of my notes uh, from my visit. The article has a somewhat long introduction um, that, at least to me, that's the least interesting part of the piece. I mean, it describes things I know well as an industrial engineer, things about designing and rebalancing assembly lines. But the article does make an interesting comparison between the old number one line and the new number two line. Takeoka number one uses a robot to grab and install a spare tire for each vehicle. This takes 57 seconds, which creates a bottleneck or constraint for the plant. Even if you rebalance the rest of the assembly line, it can't run faster than a car every 57 seconds, or at least without buying a second machine to run in parallel. At the number two line, it says, it's the judo fighter of car plants, quick on its feet, flexible and smart. Here, a worker pulls the spare tire with something that looks like a push cart with long arms. The worker wheels the cart around and he drops the tire into a Prius. Elapsed time, 17 seconds. I'm looking for electric cables or air hoses that power the lightning fast spare tire machine. I don't find any. Quote, it's all done with springs and counterweights, the plant project general manager Akahane beams. So number two is more flexible in how volume can be adjusted. It says Takeoka number two can increase and decrease capacity and production cost stays the same. The factory, of course, uh, epitomizes the Kaizen philosophy. It says, like all Toyota factories, Takeoka two is built on the ongoing Kaizen improvements developed by its workers who want to make their work go faster, smoother, smarter. Ask what kind of people he's looking for to work at at Takeoka two. Akahane answers, quote, we want people who can think for themselves, not robots who do as they are told. Now, the article also picks on uh, Tesla a bit. It says, when we were theorizing about a gifted car plant, the example may have vaguely sounded like Toyota's Numi plant that was, for practical purposes, given to Tesla in 2010 in exchange for shares. Um, I'll add as an aside, you know, Tesla bought that plant very, very cheap, uh, pennies on the dollar, uh, from Toyota. A year later, Toyota opened its first simple, slim, and flexible plant as a pilot north of Sendai, Japan. And a few years thereafter, Toyota sold its shares in Tesla. This is the article again saying, if the relationship would have lasted longer and if Elon Musk's hubris 
would have been a little less pronounced, Tesla could have learned something, end of quote. So that's why the Toyota production system seems to not at all be a part of the Tesla approach, sadly. That's something I've blogged about before, and I link to it in the post. Again, you can go to leanblog.org slash audio 278. But back to the Takeoka plant. The manager says something surprising, and maybe this was an issue of context or translation or, or both from the article. Uh, how long does Akahane have to stop the line when a new model is introduced? He shapes thumb and index finger to a zero. There is no stoppage of the line at all. We spend less than an hour exchanging parts and tools, but we do that while the line makes other models. As production of the new model starts at the beginning of the line, the last of the older models exit at the other end while the line keeps moving. What would happen if the line stops? Akahane's hand slices across his throat, quote, my boss would cut my head off if the line would be down, end of quote. So I think the context about stopping the line is related to this process of changeovers and rebalances. I doubt anyone's head is being cut off, or I mean, even figuratively, if the line is temporarily stopped due to an andon cord pull, uh, as, as Toyota plants are famous for. So thinking back to my plant visit, um, I certainly heard andon cord chimes sounding and I saw andon cord or saw andon lights flashing as the result of andon cord pulls done by the workers. Um, I jotted down that there were at least three andon cord pulls that occurred when standing in one area for a relatively short time. One of the pulls was resolved immediately by a team leader without the line actually stopping. So there was one comment, uh, it was either from the guide or from posted displays that said, Toyota workers produce high quality automobiles with the support of highly efficient robots and machines. So uh, robots are there to support people, not replace them. Their painting area, they said, is 90% automated. And it's not 100% automated because there are some painting jobs that are done better by humans. At the plant, it was also said, TPS is based on the customer first principle. So yes, you know, the TPS and, and it's a very customer driven approach. And it also said, Toyota aims to achieve high quality and low cost by eliminating waste in its production to meet ever-changing customer demands. So as we walk through the tour, um, the guide, uh, I was a bit surprised, she didn't hang her bag on the hooks that were there when she stopped to talk. Those hooks were something I blogged about in 2014 when our guide at the Sutsumi plant said it was her idea to put up those hooks. So did the idea spread to other plants or was that idea developed in parallel uh, at different plants? If she's comfortable holding her bag, it's okay that she doesn't follow the standardized work, if you will, for tour guides, I think. It might be okay if using the hooks is optional. Um, as Brad Schmidt told us in um, my 2012 tour, he said, quote, unity in the essential, liberty in the non-essential. And that's something I blogged about a few years back. Um, she did use the hook before we stopped for our group picture. The Kaizen process there was described as a very um, non-bureaucratic approach. Uh, it was basically one, have a good idea, two, uh, express our opinion to the company, we write it down, suggest it to the team leader, and then discuss. They receive 500 yen for every idea, which is less than about $5 US. And this, this payment, it's more about the recognition than it is about the money. 
So they also talked there at Toyota about their new employee training process. They said it's six to nine weeks long, and it starts with an introduction to the company philosophy. And I've linked to a blog post here um, about the Toyota production system being mainly about the philosophy, as Toyota's Jamie Benini says. So that's it for my notes. I hope you enjoyed um, the post or this episode. Um, you, you can find the article about Takeoka number two. You can uh, read the whole thing. And if you want to comment on any of this, you can go to leanblog.org audio 278.